So vacation pictures, just what you thought you'd see this morning, right? <laughs> well, I included pictures of my vacation because it was made possible by many of you, by your prayers and gifts. And for those of you who are wondering, what in the world is she talking about? Here's a little background. On October 31st, we held an ordination service here. I was approved for ordination in April, but um, the service actually took place on October 31st. As a gift, many of you so graciously gave prayers and gifts um, at that celebration toward a vacation for my husband Mike and I. We've really not taken a vacation uh, in a very long time. <laughs> very long time. So we were overwhelmed by your love and support. Fast forward to May 2nd, we took our very first plane ride to Florida. That's where my shirt is from. And it was, it was just an amazing time. One of the, one very important thing that I had to take with me was my ID. Without it, I would be totally stuck at home. And my identification tells who I am. Without that, the security people would not be able to tell who I was. And um, before we left, I was reminded many, many, many times, do not forget your ID. <laughs> that was one of the things that Jason kept telling me too, which I, would, I appreciated. Um, and I'm sure my husband and my son were happy that I kept reminding them also. <laughs> so this trip provided me with many firsts. And I hope I don't bore you with all of this, these details, but this trip was made possible by so many of you, by our church family. And so I wanted to share a little bit about um, that with you. And if you want to hear more about my trip, I would be happy to share that with you later. <laughs> so here are some of the firsts. Um, I bought plane tickets online for the first time. We got to experience sleep, park, and fly, which was wonderful. We didn't have to drive to the airport, which we got there, and I was like, oh, I'm so glad that we took this because it was completely confusing to me. I handed over my ID countless times for people in charge to verify who I was. I tried stored fish and grouper and fresh shrimp. And I had the opportunity to experience fresh oysters, and I passed. <laughs> we got to experience many, many beaches on the Atlantic side. And we also got to experience sunrise on the beach. Um, high and low tides, that was really cool. Um, we experienced so many different personalities and people that talked from different countries and it was, it was so fun. Um, another thing was we got to experience how amazing it looks above the clouds. And then I got to explain that to my four-year-old granddaughter. And so that was so fun because I said, you know how pretty the clouds are here? And then I told her, it's so pretty up above them, you know, and so I got to explain that to her and show her the pictures, and that was a lot of fun. We got to experience turbulence. That was not fun. <laughs> turbulence and plane landing, that was not very fun, but um, we got to experience it, so. Uh, we also experienced trusting a person who was, who I'd never met, didn't even know what they looked like, who was flying the plane from Minnesota to Florida. 
you know, when you think about it, you really are trusting that person. And that's interesting. <laughs> but not only was I so thankful to all of you, um, I was also thankful to my mom for taking care of things at home while we were gone. To our daughter Haley and our girls for taking care of all of our critters. And my Florida family for making our time there amazing. And also to my husband and son who um, did not laugh at me the entire time because I, as I was experiencing new things. <laughs> and I may have walked out in front of a car at the campground <laughs> because I was so mesmerized by everything. We had gotten there and they, Mike and Jesse were tired so they were making a nap. And I was like, I'm going out to look at stuff. So I was looking at things. And um, yeah, I had walked in front of a car and that actually may have happened more than once, but don't tell my husband. I was also very, very thankful for the kind people, the kind ladies at the ticket counter who didn't laugh at me and my ignorance and were very, very nice. Uh, one day we decided to drive in the dark to experience sunrise on the beach. We met a lady there um, taking pictures, and she didn't hand me an ID, but I had some pretty good hints that she was a Christ follower. She took the pictures and she texted them to me, and I ended up praying for her. And she was so surprised. She said, I'm usually the one that prays for other people. Nobody has ever prayed for me before. And so her ID was evident. She, was, she had her identity was founded in Christ. We were able to experience God in places that I never had before. And we are so, so thankful. So thank you, church family. You truly are family. One of my favorite things to do down there was to walk on the beach and discover everything. The shells were so pretty, and I collected uh, many. <laughs> Lucky for me, they had these little black bags everywhere you went. And you could just grab them and fill them with shells. And my, these are my special shell-collecting bags. They're actually um, bags to clean up after your dog, but I use them for collecting shells. <laughs> I was a little worried about um, how many shells I actually and adding too much weight to my luggage. And so um, we distributed them between two suitcases and we put a bunch in Mike's carry-on and my carry-on and Jesse's carry-on and we brought a lot of them home. <laughs> so I did bring some home for the kids. So if you're a kid, I would like you to come up here right now because I have some shells for you to pick out. So please come on up. Go ahead and pick one out. I was thinking of all of you while I was picking these up. It's hard to pick. They're so pretty. 
grab one. I want to thank each one of you um, that played a part in my ordination day. The service, the lunch, the planning, the serving the lunch, the decorating, prayers, gifts, well wishes, and so many more things that I'd be up here all day long talking. So um, I'm still humbled and overwhelmed, and I just thank you very much. So, our scripture for today is actually going to be read by a friend of mine. Easton, would you come on up? Easton Winkler is going to, he has agreed to read the scripture for us today. So, um, Easton, what do we do before we read scripture? What? We pray. Yes, we pray. So, let's pray. Dear Father God, we invite you here, and we thank you that you come to us, and your Holy Spirit is with us, and that you help us hear you through the scriptures. Be with us now as we read and talk about what it means to be a Christ follower. Let us not just hold a Christian label in front of us, but let us grow in our relationship with you as we become true followers with an identity founded in you. Speak through me today. May I decrease as you increase. We love you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts and things above where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways, and the life you once lived. Now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Thanks, John Houston. Thank you. And that was actually Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. The book of Colossians was written by Paul while he was under house arrest in Rome. To believers in the small city of Colossae, Paul is correcting wrong teachings that were creeping into the church at Colossae. In this letter, Paul gives good advice about how we should act on a day-to-day -day basis if we say we are a Christ follower. Paul is also making clear the nature and identity of Jesus. Paul, under house arrest in Rome, under arrest awaiting trial, God was still using him 
to make a difference. Our circumstances don't define who we are. Jesus does. Let me point out verses 1 and 2. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above and not earthly things. Set your hearts and minds on things above, not on things of this world. Follow Jesus and let him change you. Find your identity in him. Verse 4 tells us, when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. When you make a decision to follow Jesus, it is the start of a brand new identity and lifestyle. And this is not just a change for Sunday morning. This is for every day and everywhere you roam. Your identity is found in Christ, and that doesn't change because you've left the church building, or at least it shouldn't change. Verse 4 tells us that when Christ appears, when he returns, we will be with him. Questions I ask myself. Is that where my life is heading? What do people see when they look at me? Verse 4 is really a challenge, a bit of a challenge. Um, live now as the kind of people we will one day be with Jesus. Imagine this reality. Living as a holy people, living and sharing Jesus, living as if Jesus Jesus Christ is the source of our life. We have died to sin and become new, a new creation. It tells us that in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come and the old has gone. The new is here. Sin is a reality around us. We are flesh. However, that is not who we are. The Holy Spirit guides us, and we can have victory over sin. As many times as I had to flip out my ID on vacation, I wondered, do people see my real identity? Do I live my real identity? Philippians 2, verse 5 says this, in our relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. How do we do this? Be imitators of Jesus. We follow him, we follow him so closely that the dust of his sandals covers our clothes. What defines you at the end of the day? What is your identity rooted in. The Bible tells us that our identity is Christ. John 1 verses 11 through 13. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave right 
to become children of God. Children not born of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of husband's will, but born of God. Child of God. Being a child of God defines me, not my past, not all the noise of this world or what someone decides for me or what someone says about me. God defines me. Being a child of God defines us, not basketball, not good grades, not my job. When you receive Jesus, you become a child of God. You are a child of the King. Jesus is your identity. Amen? <laughs> I'm going to repeat that because it's worth repeating. Your identity is not found in the past. It is not found in things the world says about you. Your identity is found in Christ. Let that permeate your whole life. Verses 5 through 8 says, Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your early nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways, in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. How we live matters. Where our identity is rooted matters. Are you the same person at church as you are at Walmart when you're annoyed? Anyone ever get annoyed at Walmart? <laughs> Just me? <laughs> Verse 12 tells us this. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. So in other words... Put on the garment of your identity. As we set our mind and heart above, we put on the garment as a, of a holy and dearly loved people. This shows the joy that you have, that is Jesus' joy, shines out. Jesus changes things. The gospel changes things. Looking a little bit further to verse 17, it says this, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Apply that to your daily life. All things do in the name of Jesus. All things. Even pushing your cart at Walmart, trying to get through the aisles. Do you think this is too hard? Would it take too much effort? Well, guess what? You don't have to do this alone. When you are rooted in Jesus, the Holy Spirit is a part of your life, and he is your helper. He will guide you and help you stay on track. He will help you have victory over sin. Most important takeaway is our identity it matters because you're a Christ follower. You are transformed and you are changed. 
We are made to glorify God and have a relationship with Him. That carries into eternity. Our identity affects others in our life, even people we don't know. Another important point to remember is this. Just like your fingerprints are unique to you and can identify you, the gifts God has given you are unique and given in a measure only for you. When you receive a new identity in Jesus, we don't lose our true self. We become our true selves only in Him. So what is your identity? Where is it rooted? Please think about this this week. As you face challenges, joy, journeys in this life, does my identity change by my circumstances? Does it change by my mood? Where am I at? I have a video I would like to share with you. Joanne Hamerick is a volunteer at LAPS, and she shared this with Pastor Jason, and as I prayed about it, it was clear that I should make this uh, video a part of our service. It is a bit lengthy, it's about 16 minutes long, but there is such a good message in it. The video is a testimony from LAPS, Lakes Area Pregnancy Support Center. There are a few, quite a few layers of message in this video, but I'd like to point out two layers that we, I would like you to really focus on. Number one, laughs is rooted in Jesus and changes lives, literally changes and saves lives, not only physically, but spiritually. Number two, please notice the identity of the people in the video, how it shines, how it's changed, how God has equipped them to share his good news with others, and how that has become a ripple effect. So let's play the video. Neither of us were sober, and 
had any plans or knew how to get sober. Um, so I was like, what are we going to do with baby now? I googled something along the lines of, oh my god, I'm pregnant, what do I do now? Bring your Minnesota. Um, and like Sarah, we should hashtag that. <laughs> <laughs> Like Sarah, pregnancy support uh, was the first thing that popped up. I made a phone call. Um, I was really nervous, and um, like I knew I needed help, but also I was in a position that I was just really paranoid about everything. And um, I think the first question I asked was, "Are you guys mandated to report? Um, I need someone to talk to." And then I got hooked up with um, a mentor, Jennifer. And still a little paranoid early on, very reluctant to share any information. And I think we finally had a conversation that was something like, let me tell you like, what things would have to be reported. Like, please share and feel free and, and open to share and, and that seemed to kind of be a, a little bit of a turn in the relationship. Because it was like, hypothetically, <laughs> if there was abuse and meth use, just hypothetically, like if that was going on, that'd be kind of stressful. <laughs> yes, so hard to get through. <laughs> we got to talking every week. So like I was making doctor's appointments and um, doing that screening, UAs, and all that, and of course, mess popped up. I had uh, first ran my sister's house, and we kept in contact um, every week still. Um, and I think I opened up two more, and then like, okay, I they called the county, and. I'm going to Albuquerque, that's the family in Albuquerque, and I'm going to run. So, thank you, I really don't know how to do it. And thankfully you were there to, um, like, you know, are you sure, Melissa, your family's here? Um, I remember saying, Melissa, please, please, please don't do that. Um, just thinking about the process of how you know, the, the best path for you to have a good, healthy, happy life with your child. Just that running was not going to be the option. And um, we kind of talked a lot about that. And I think it took you a while, but you really seemed, you wanted to be with your baby. And you wanted um, to get help. They wanted on my terms very safe and secure and um, and yeah, so I ended up getting committed um, when I was at my sister's house and uh, the police came knocking on the door and I wrote down Jennifer's number and I'm like, can you text her and let her know that and, um, and so they brought me to detox. I was able to talk with Jennifer when I was in detox make phone calls and still have meetings and um, they had my first court date there. I was there over Christmas mm -hmm. um, 
for, I think I was there two and a half weeks. And because I was having such a hard time, you know, I was pregnant, I didn't have any control. Uh, I was eating jail food. And so one of the things that stuck out um, was when he said, you know, Melissa, just think a year from now, um, you'll have a man. Christmas, totally different life, the difference a year can make. We talked a lot about that. So from there, the judge had ordered being placed on a commitment, inpatient treatment was at the table. So I was in a locked facility, and it was very limited, just the information I could get about pregnancy even, even <clears throat> making the phone calls with you work, like with their system, um, was a challenge sometimes, but mm-hmm. we still got to have our weekly talks yeah. for the most part. A lot of times now like our phone conversations will be 30 minutes to an hour depending on what we're talking about. And at that time, um, I was able to nail education, um, just print out a bunch of education mm-hmm. from, that we have from the Pregnancy Resource Center here mail it to Melissa so that she could look over it on her own time and then um, she would have she would call me at a certain time and we usually had about 10 minutes 10 minutes to kind of talk and catch up and that was what I think was allowed through the facility um, and then her sister would message me sometimes too so I felt like I kind of knew where she was going to be or you know when you like when you got moved I think it was your sister that let me know um, but yeah so it was not typical of what we would normally uh, here at Labs do for appointments, but it worked. And he sent a care package too, like um, a baby blanket and I think some outfits and a little baby book, and um, and I kept those on my couch in my little room. And, like it meant a lot to me, and being able to have access to that, learning like okay, so I'm gonna have a baby. Um, like a childbirth um, education that helped a lot. What are healthy relationships? Like what are um, red flags? Um, What you have to put up with and don't have to put up with. Just kind of like self-help things that that I needed to learn that I got points for that I could get diapers and stuff with. Um, And I looked forward to those videos every week and talking with you. And just knowing that there was someone out there that cared and like doesn't even really know me, but like wants me to succeed and like cares. Um, and I was searching for something because um, like when I was using and just in that bad place and I was spiritually bankrupt. And so I was searching for something to fill my spirit. And, um, and we had talked, and, um, and they offered videos for that too. And I know, I remember thinking, because um, I think you got released um, about four weeks before delivery, right? I just remember thinking, like, how terrifying that would be to be in a place where now you're not prepared to have a baby. You've been at a facility that's not really given you much um, a 
as far as helping you to figure that out. And then, and I remember we talked about, you know, you're gonna, you, you can come home, you're gonna live with your mom, we'll meet at labs, you've earned all of these points from all of our weeks of conversations, and we are gonna like get everything that you need settled. And because I, I just did not want you to come out of treatment and have that stress of feeling like now I have nothing prepared on top of it. And you invited me and the bay out to church with your family. And then after the bay was born, you kept going to all of the meetings. Pretty soon you were involved with some different church groups. You were like you were consistently seeking out just positive relationships and positive and setting healthy boundaries for yourself and for Nevea. Flash forward to this last Christmas. Now, Nevea being almost a year old, and Melissa and I spent Christmas Eve service together at Lakewood Church, and it was like, I just, I, I looked forward to that moment for you for so long of, this Christmas is going to be something different. Talking to you in detox, knowing that you're alone in there, that you don't have any family or friends with you and you're scared. And then to sit with you and to like hug you on Christmas Eve service at church while everyone's singing and to, and to be there with Nevea was such a special, beautiful moment that I, I'm just so, so happy for. It was really special. It's like we made it. Here's this next Christmas, and I'm so happy. I'm like, remember how crazy things were then? I don't have to deal with any of that now. Yes. In November, we celebrated, uh, we went out for coffee to celebrate. <gasps> My one year sober. <laughs> uh, so that was a big, yeah. that was a big, really special moment, too. Melissa has also accepted the Lord as her Savior through this process. And I've seen this change in you throughout the time that I've known you, like just everything about you just glows now. And it, it's, it's been amazing to see that transformation. And I love, like you're such a good mom. You're such a good mom. Nevaeh, this is gonna affect, you know, her entire life, all the choices that you're making now. And she's even, she just looks so happy and healthy. People that see me now are like, wow, Melissa, like you're different. <laughs> but I have, I feel like more support than most women. Um, I just, I have this network of, of loving Christian women in my life that are, that love me and love the band and really move for me and support me and and that changed my life completely around like, like what an impact on Nevaeh's life. Mm -hmm. Having all this love. You know, you said to me before, 
why you said this is such an attractive lifestyle. I don't know why anybody <laughs> yeah. ever wanted to not have this. It's just like there's so many happy days to come and so much to enjoy. I can enjoy her and like I'm happy and present. And now starting at the phase where you are kind of starting to be that person for other people because you now are going to be chairing a meeting um, for a group and um, kind of passing that on. I know Melissa said to me at some point um, just this last week, she said, I feel like I'm such a mess sometimes. Like, how do they think that I could be of help to other people? And I was like, that's exactly what I said to Katie at last. I was like, I'm such a mess. How can I, how can I help other people? So, but it's amazing how it's really God that does that and it's not us. And I think that's a little bit humbling to kind of realize. Like, I believed in God, but I didn't really know anything about Him. And so, like, learning that and, like, the videos and um, just, like, I can ask you questions, too. And, um, but, like, learning about, like, surrender and, um, and, like, how to let Jesus in your heart, like, who Jesus really is, like, you know, like, the basics and, like, why it's important. Like, that was really, like, changing. Like a change. Like so much has changed since I first called. <laughs> Paul telling me you were on the run. <laughs> I honestly say all the ladies here are pretty awesome. Very understanding and very loving. And they'll give you anything you need and they're willing to help. Even when you don't want to ask for it. There's, you know, fun people here. So that's nice to know that there's friendly faces to come to. And then the fact that, you know, they help provide people with some stuff that they need along the way. That's why people should come to last. Because they need to realize there are people out there that are going to be good for them. That's what they need to understand. <laughs> you know? This place is awesome. I'm very happy I came here. creation, Jesus is hope, and Jesus is freedom. May the dust of his sandals cover your identity. Am I living in the light of my new identity, my identity in Christ? Ask yourself this question. Truly ask yourself, be honest, is God above all else? All else. When Christ, who is in or who is my life, appears, I want to be with him in glory. Let's pray. And after this prayer um, concludes our service. 
Father God, help me to follow you. Guide us as we take ownership of our identity. As we realize the freedom in our identity, may we be a people who put you above all else and who follow you so closely that the dust from your sandals covers us, all of us. Help us to apply this message to our lives this week as we live in you and as our identity is evident to those around us. Give us courage to share the good news of your love and your light. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name.